Absolutely. Yeah, that that news about a title showdown, like a Super Bowl kind of event, sounds pretty epic. And they're going to make it happen next year. What are you guys thinking about that? I hate it. <laughs> I love it. They're going to blow it next year, just being the first year. But if they actually do it properly over the next three or five years and tweak it and and make it into more than a one-day event, which is what it's going to be the first time. I reckon it could be such a sick event. You actually get to see good surfers, like the high-ranked surfers surf more, and that's what everyone wants to see, really. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I've always agreed with, with seeing more of the high-ranked surfers, and that's why in the past we've talked about doing the, you know, reducing the numbers of the tour and going about it that way. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't feel right about having a showdown uh, I think a lot of it just comes like there's, I don't know, there's two different ways of viewing this because you look at the sport that, that I follow a lot, which is, you know, English football, where they're heaps against, you know, playing an entire season. And then at the end of that, the person that plays the best over, you know, a, a six month period might not be crowned champions. Mm. Whereas like with, other sports and I know it's probably more common through Australia like in our sports well it is a lot more common and then 
in American sports, which is what the WSL is trying to model itself after, that's the model that they use, which is the playoffs, which gives you that climactic end of the season, which is which is great. But I mean, looking back at the tour in you know the last ten years, there have been some really really exciting, um, you know, world titles that have come down the pipe. So I don't know if it necessarily needs that all you know going into the one you know because I want you know they want to do it in the one day and I think that's probably just a bit too much to fit in and mm. can favor or you know put somebody out of favor who you know has been surfing well all year and has put together a really good year it doesn't allow for injury no but I agree with you this year that Gabby in low final at pipe probably the best heat of surfing I've watched in recent memory um, especially for a world title showdown uh, the, 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 on the flip side the positive side I can see is that hopefully with this showdown thing we're going to see more of those heats hopefully throughout that day and get to see just good guys surf all day and not so many like you know Pettison Crisanto knocking out you know Italo in the first round of pipe like, hopefully that they'll have fail-safes where that can't happen. Yeah. I, I have an idea for it. I want to hear your um, view on it first, Winnie. Yeah, I think it needs to be at least three days. And uh, it needs to be in an epic location like Indo on a boat where you're getting lefts and rights and some crazy, crazy barreling and high-performance waves. So you get that bit of variety where pipe is just that barrel wave and be sick to see some kind of high performance come into it. Um, yeah, I was, I was reading the stab comments on the um, podcast that Sam did with Elo and there was like pretty wide range of comments, but I think the thing that kept kind of cropping up was just make it core surfing strip the tour like make it half as many competitors and and just yeah less events as well but also wanting like four-man heats again <laughs> i don't know about four-man heats but... the, the good thing that it, like a lot of people are we're focusing on this world title showdown bit but they've also, with the way they look like they're going to restructure the tours with a definitive off-season, a CT, a challenger, and a regional tour, I think this is like the perfect time to cut the tour down to 16 guys. And now it's like, okay, you surf your regional qualifiers, you qualify for international you know, QS events, you qualify for challenger QS events, and then you qualify for the CT. Mm. Especially with it all being able to... Um, challenger to CT within the year there's now where guys can go up and down in the same year there's not as big an emphasis on having to have that you know 12 guys of progression each year it can be a six guys and those six guys versus the other top 10 guys and then it keeps changing so it's always fresh yep yeah so back to the the showdown the playoffs um the, the reason, Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Of the Super the, the Bowl. I, <laughs> playoffs? Um, the reason why I don't see that being viable in the way that you guys are picturing it, you know, going to Indo for three days, 
is that goes against everything that WSL wants to do at the moment, which is have events in uh, locations that are accessible to the public, because that's kind of what they want to go after. They want to go after that those crowd, the crowds on the beach, the merch sales, all of that, creating that atmosphere, which you won't get on a boat trip in Indo, which would which would produce the best surfing. Now, what I think would be the way to get around that is have your normal tour where you, you go through the whole year, you crown a world champion at Pipe or wherever, and then you get the top eight and then you send them to Indo to basically just put out video parts. Almost like a regular season and then you get like a regular season world champion and then you get like a super duper world champion. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I don't even think it's worth crowning some of the world champion out of that top eight. But if they're all about creating content, then I think that's that's a way that they can do it. It creates something extra at the end of the season, which because once once like the season's over, then everyone's like, all right, like that like three month period where there's no events is is weird. Well, I think that's what they're going to eliminate with this whole challenger straight to the CT. But but on the flip side, I thought instead of pipe, this is a perfect time with the bumps on CC and Indo not being a viable thing. Is this not the time to bring back trestles? Oh, like trestles yeah. is the wave for a world title showdown. Okay, yeah, there's no barrels, but there's lefts, there's rights. It's all about high performance. Yeah, there's bombs on seats. There's resources. The headquarters are right there. It's the time to go to trestles for this event. Do you really think it's about bombs on seats? I reckon they can get like. They can play a better card by going after online content and getting subscriptions or whatever that way, knowing that they're going to be in epic waves in Indo. Like yeah, tre- trestles can that still makes... turn up some dog shit waves. Yeah, but even Indo can turn up dog shit waves. That's the beauty of our sport, I reckon. Yeah, is the dog shit wave aspect of it, but. I guess there's the two sides to every coin, isn't there? I just want to see Trestles back as an event, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah. I'll back as that. As an exciting event. But Pipe and Trestles, they're the two real proving grounds for a world champion. Yeah. Even if it was like, a, you know, you go to Trestles, you have that event, and then Pipe is your showdown. And that you decide the, the world champion out of those two. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about our ideal locations for the world tour before and that it's hard to have the perfect mix because you, there's not enough good consistent ways that are in decent locations um, for, for people to kind of go and watch it and I think it kind of opens the door for you know a separate arm of the WSL where they you know if they look at the content creation then like there's a lot of locations out there that don't suit having an event. So that's where they could kind of separate things and, and maybe like build that into their end of year surf off type of thing. There's a 100% chance that the WSL is going to be putting on every single event they, they put up next year. Yeah. There's going to be no money for sponsorship. No way. All like even government money that was getting thrown around, there's less chance of that being caught now um, for for that sort of government sponsorship, they're going to also have heaps of issues with logistically traveling from country to country. Even next year, I'm going to assume that's going to be issues. So do they do a US-based tour? 
And I mean, this is the this is more an Australian-based tour. Like, well, this is the thing that that you see at the moment with a lot of sports that are trying to kick off, and I think it'll come down to the WSL just kind of canning this season and seeing where they're at next season. I think, I mean, you can't look that far ahead, but I think by next year, like March next year, when the season's due to kick off, the there should be free enough travel, but you never know, um, and. Like I said, you can't plan that far ahead, but you look at other sports that are trying to start too soon and then they've got problems. Like, like you look at the NRL at the moment, trying to trying to figure out somewhere where all the teams can play because if, you know, you've got a team in New Zealand that needs to come over to Australia, but then there's still travel bans between some of the states. So, like, the, the logistics of sporting in general at the moment makes it so hard to... Like, I'd hate to be one of the organisers at at any of the sporting bodies at the moment. It seems like a nightmare because there's so much pressure to start up again. Yeah, but you don't want to look like a billy cart sport either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. Like, I reckon there's two viable options. You take, right. you take everybody to one spot, like an Indo, and you run like three months of competition out of that one spot. There's going to be lax laws around travel restrictions in a third world country. And a lot of the third world countries hate to say it for, because it's kind of an exploitive kind of venture, but they also have a lot of crazy good surf. If you look like, look at places like Mexico or Indo, there's options there for surfing, I think. And the cost is probably going to be lower too. Then if you're trying to run it in Australia or the US where they've got a lot of restrictions with travel and laws and then just the amount of money that you need to pump into those comps. How how do you pitch that to to the top thirty two? Like I, I imagine there'd be a lot of pushback from a lot of surfers being like, it's not safe to travel, we're not going. Yeah, the flip side of that is there's no medical help in the third world country. Exactly. So yeah, they're young <laughs> and fit. They'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll be right, mate. <laughs> so I mean, there's like no perfect answer for for any of this, and that's like when they look at making those changes for for 2021. It's like we've put these changes out, but is the season like if everything is back to normal then? Then fine, but. What's the contingency if you can't? I, I hope that with this 21, 21 change, it's just not a set in stone thing. It's yeah. going to be like, all right, guys, we're going to do this for 2021. Um, we're going to see how it goes and, and we're going to take feedback and tweak it for the next three years. Because um, I think it's going to take, I, I really am excited for the change, but there's no doubt they're going to fuck something up somewhere along the line. And hopefully they're going to be willing to change it. Do they make yeah, it like? It's, it's do they make it like F one, where, um, say, every five ten years, a new bunch of rules come into place, just to keep the sport so. evolving? I hope so. I mean, F one seems to be onto a good thing. So the, the rules in F one often aren't about keeping the sport evolving. It's more about creating a level playing ground. Yeah, the the sport rules itself, like that. That's I suppose you could you could be right. It is incentive for everybody to try and evolve from 
everyone, at least everyone starts at the same starting point, mm. but the surf industry doesn't evolve that much. <laughs> like, um, and I think like that, but they do want a level playing ground yeah. where it just, I think that's with in surfing. We just want to see raw talent against raw talent in a fair environment. We tried that with the wave pool, but it was a little bit repetitive, but what you want to see is you want to see Gabby and John, best of three out macking pipe and then perfect trestles or something. That's what you want to see. You want to see those guys surf against each other all day. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. (laughs) And I think that's where they are sort of trying to head with this idea is hopefully fingers crossed they shave the tour down and it is just Gabby, your Johns, your Italos, your top 10 guys that everyone wants to watch and you get to watch twice as many heats of those guys head to head and fighting each other. Like we heard that in, I don't know if you guys listened to that stab uh, podcast with Mick and John. Like John is deadly competitive and he wants to beat guys at any cost. I just want to see more heats that are intense rivalry. Like everyone was so fired up on that last day pipe with Italo and Gabby. They were the two best servers of the year in good ways, against each other, going hard. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit about some of those lower rank guys versus yeah. other lower rank guys. I just don't care for it. I just want to see top guys. No. But if it was in a challenger series, I'd be more willing to watch those guys because that's the level I see in that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think if they yeah, if they put more emphasis on the challenger series, which is what it sounds like they, they want to do and go towards more of that model. I'm totally down for that. I reckon that's, that's the way forward um, as far as separating, you know, the top, top guys from, from those guys that, but for lack of a bit, better phrase, like just kind of making up the numbers. It's a tiering thing. Yeah. Like I would be frothing if um, Pedersen Crisanto won the Challenger Series. You'd be thinking, fuck, that's a good result for that guy. He'd be surfing a beach break. He'd be flaring at that beach break. Yeah. And you'd be thinking, man, he's really surfing sharp. But you put him against Gabby at yeah. perfect pipe, Doesn't and it just work. makes him look way worse than what he really is. It takes yeah. away from how talented both surfers are. Yeah. Um, can I just make a statement here? Like, you might be able to see the jujitsu stuff in the background here. Uh, I <laughs> I don't do jujitsu. <laughs> Bullshit. We're segueing. Don't, don't fight me. I can't do anything. <laughs> Freddie's actually going to wear that for the for the incoming swell this weekend out Jones's yeah. at <laughs> beach break. He's just making a play so no one fucks with him in the water this weekend. That's it. Getting ready to choke out some people. On another segue, um, yeah. Zoom, this Zoom time is going to run out in six minutes. So you guys yeah, will have to right. start a new meeting. Um, I reckon we can hammer some stuff out in six minutes. We've got um, six minutes, let's hammer it out. Yeah. So I reckon we've we've at least talked about the, the WSL situation. I'm sure heaps more will develop on that. Um, and like, it'll be interesting to see how everyone's thoughts on everything changes as, as everything goes on. But what else has been happening in the industry? Um, like you said, Nico, there's no, going to be no sponsors for events next year. The, how's the surf industry looking for you? For me, I mean, am I? I'm the only one left working in it now. 
Oh, no, you're still here. Sorry, Brady. Uh, so, <laughs> Don't make me like, put you in a chokehold or something. Yeah, oops. You know, jiu-jitsu. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, I actually think, if nothing else, this COVID thing is going to take surfing back to its fundamentals. Boards, yeah. weddies, you know, functional products that actually work for surfers. And I think this is going to be the end or signal a large decline again in the, in the area that surfing tried to be, which was a fashion sort of thing. Surfers don't give a shit about products that don't make them surf better. I mean, I know myself in the job that I'm doing, I've seen a really good response of stuff that people need, wetsuits, boards, everything like that. People yeah. need that to surf better and, and to keep surfing. But do I need a new jumper at the moment that says billabong? No. Yeah. Will I need one this winter? No. Because I sent you one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> Zip off sleeves. <laughs> Unless it's got zip off sleeves, do not send me. It's functional. That's what we're talking about. That um, thing is very functional. <laughs> and let's talk about you, Luke, because it's kind of been a bit of time for you to to transition out of your your job working for a surf company that is I mean, that is struggling at the moment. Um, how how do you reflect on you know? I mean, how long were you working there for? Four years. Four years. So how do you reflect on working for the company for four years and seeing the changes that it kind of went through? Like were there some things that you think were good that they're working on or do you think that they, they have kind of you know, been going on this path of, of you know, about to be struggling for quite a while? Yeah, I think they've been on the path of like, I don't know, the whole industry seems so flimsy any like a slight crusher pops up and everybody starts battening down the hatches and people are getting laid off. Like it, the business model is pretty dicey and uh, like, I just think they've been so slow to affect real change, whether that's making things more sustainable for the planet or just running your business in a more ethical way. Um, yeah they've dragged their, their yeah they just keep dragging their feet kicking and screaming and then creating like wider and wider product ranges of shit that people don't need so yeah, yeah. this is gonna slim that down like the job's been done for them like taking yeah. the control out of their hands and uh as you as you'd expect i mean there's a lot of companies out there are going to be making more and more cuts mm. in the surf industry side of it and i think yeah, yeah it'll it'll really show the inefficiencies in a lot of companies and you know, you'll see a lot of people get laid off uh, especially you know companies like billabong which might not be operating effectively and like you talk about the wide product range of things that just don't really make sense i had someone talking to me this week about that uh for world earth day whatever it was the dr seuss collection <laughs> Are they were they serious or was that like a send up? And I was like, nah, it was it was dead serious. So I went to the range release and they were like trying to fully sell the dream on it. See, that's a, that's the thing. Like, we need to be doing sustainable um, products and sustainable modes of business, and they just run a bloody marketing campaign to, and think that's yeah. like a one drop marketing campaign that hasn't really even achieved anything. And people have seen straight through it because it's been so inauthentic. 
Yeah, but the, the thing that I think which gets me jazzed in the surf industry is that it might be declining, but the number of surfers are definitely increasing. Like oh, this yeah. kind of thing is taught anything it's how many actual surfers are out there like i know our local lineups increased by 200 percent at the moment it has so surfers are still going to keep surfing they need functional core products it's just when you aren't actually true to what you are and that's when bill long started to sell out and big that quicksilver started to sell out and weren't employing surfers anymore they're employing businessmen that's when it started to you know, that was the beginning of the end for the company, really. If I didn't even say they'll be employing businessmen. What now? Yeah, they're. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the CEO is still, you know, like at least you got to give it to the WSL, Eric Logan. He sucks, but he wants surfing. He, he does sort of live a bit of surfing dream, whereas now it's. Surfing's owned by some sort of investment firm or banking firm. It's not actually surfing anymore, unfortunately. And no. All the brands that are super into surfing and are surfers, that's who people are jazzed on or actually stand for something like your Patagonias. That's where people want to spend their money at the moment, I think. Yep. Yeah, it should be like the snow industry 10 years ago when Burton was buying everything up and all the snowboarders boycotted. Burton and ran a campaign boycotting them until they like became more authentic again. So yeah. get out there and boycott your big, your big brands. <laughs> hey, that jumper off, Nico. <laughs> Throw it on the ground and burn it. Highline Surf Podcast.